Isaiah chapter 30. We began this chapter, and so we'll just be finishing up verses 20 through 33. Isaiah chapter 30. Amen when everyone has it. Remember when we we left off here, and uh, of course I'll, I we we left off with verse twenty the last time when we studied uh, the chapter, uh, but we had the rebellious children. And the Lord was dealing with uh, Judah, calling them the rebellious children, announcing woe, talking about the troubles uh, that they had found themselves into, and the reason for it, um, and then. And then where we left off at was he was talking to them about telling them about the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. And sometimes we go through adversity and affliction because of our own fault, right? Amen. Um, and so that's certainly the case here. Um, and despite the fact that the Lord was dealing with their rebellion, he had always had extended to them an opportunity to turn from the direction they were on, repent, and could have been restored at any moment. Amen. And so here we pick up, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll read verse 20 again. We'll work through verse 33 here. We'll try to finish up Isaiah chapter 30 this evening. So starting in verse 20, the scripture reads, And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner any more, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left. Ye shall defile also the covering of thy graven images, of silver, and the ornament of thy molten images of gold, thou shalt cast them away as a menstruous cloth. Thou shalt say unto it, Get thee hence. Then shall he give the rain of thy seed, that thou shalt sow the ground with thou, and bread of the increase of the earth, and it shall be fat and plenteous. And that day shall thy cattle feed in large pastures. The oxen likewise and the young asses that ear the ground shall eat clean provender which hath been winnowed with the shovel and with the fan. And there shall be upon every high mountain and upon every high hill rivers and streams of waters in the day of the great slaughter when the towers fall. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days, in the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. Behold, the name of the Lord cometh from far, burning with his anger, and the burden thereof is heavy. His lips are full of indignation, and his tongue is a devouring fire. And his breath as an overflowing stream shall reach to the mist of the neck, 
to sift the nations with the sieve of vanity, and there shall be a bridle in the jaws of the people, causing them to err. Ye shall have a song as in the night when a holy sol- solemnity is kept and gladness of heart. I feel like I can't talk tonight. As when one goeth with a pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the mighty one of Israel. And the Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard, and shall show the light, lighting down of his arm, with the indignation of his anger, and with the flame of a devouring fire, with scattering and tempest and hailstones. For through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with a rod, and in every place where the grounded staff shall pass, which the Lord shall lay upon him, it shall be with tabarets and harps, and in battles of shaking will he fight with it. For Tophet is ordained of old, yea, for the king it is prepared, he hath made it deep and large, the pile thereof is fire and much wood, the breath of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone, doth kindle it. Amen. That's a, a lot to kind of digest there in such a short period of time. Um, but we know uh, one thing, God's already promised a day when Judah and Israel, reconciled through God's will, uh, would no longer weep. Their tears would be wiped away. They would have a time of peace and a time of rest. And that rest would come in the calming and soothing presence of the Messiah. Amen. We know they rejected Christ. They'll receive Him in the future um, as they go through, uh, after they go through the tribulation and, and Jesus returns literally to earth. And some of this chapter deals with that. Um, but starting out here, before they get to the promises that God has given them, It says here, and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, we see that they have an appointment with some adversity, an appointment with some affliction in order to get to the promise that God has for them. Amen. Um, I kind of thought about it in this sense. Um, Yes, a lot of their adversity and affliction is a result of their own rebellion against God. Chapter tells us that. We certainly are going to go through hard things if we rebel against God. But also, the promises of God was given to them despite the fact that they were rebellious. During a time of rebellion, God was still giving them the promises that were going to come to them. And you know what? We have salvation through Jesus Christ, but we're still stubborn, right, in the flesh. And you know what? Even though God has every reason to just be done away with us, he, we still have the promises that he's given us. Amen. And, uh, and so we're thankful for the grace of God. We're thankful for the mercy of God. But it, it kind of points out this fact to me that uh, we're, we are going to see every promise that God has promised to us. There's promises that were given to us as the church, the body of Christ. There's promises that are specific just to Israel. Then there's promises that Israel and the, the Gentile, the saved of the Gentiles, will share together. Um, so there's, there's some for, for all of us, but every promise in the Word of God, we're going to see that 
But we're going to pass through some adversity and some affliction in order to get there. Um, just like they're going to pass through some adversity and affliction to get to the promises God has given them, we're going through adversity and affliction on our way to the promises that God has in store for us. Um, man's days are, are few and full of trouble. Amen. And so we go through some suffering. And But you know what? The more that we go through in this life, the more we're going to appreciate those promises when they come, when, when we see those come to fulfillment in, in our future. Amen. And so it just brings about that appreciation. Part of what Israel goes through in the tribulation, while yes, it's to put away their sins, it's God's dealing with them for rebelling. But as they come through that, what we see in the Bible is a picture of them finally seeing Christ for who he is and who and as he came for their salvation realizing they had rejected him that he was their promised messiah and so they'll receive him so there's more on that and some of the other um other other prophets and we'll we'll get we'll certainly get to some of those at another time uh but here in in uh in chapter 30 Aren't you thankful for this? Verse 21, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left. You know, God desires to give us guidance. That's what, that's what I take away from that verse. God's told them that he will give them guidance. Now, it's up to us to listen to the guidance. Amen? If God's giving us guidance... Sometimes it can be right as we're reading in the Word of God and we can hear almost as if God was speaking directly to us. We're doing our Bible study. It's like, see that? That's the direction I want you to go. And you're like, okay, then it's up to us, right? Sometimes it's a sermon or a podcast or something. Sometimes the pastor will do it. And I don't know. I've had somebody tell me recently, it's like you have a camera in my house. No, I don't. Trust me. I don't, I, I don't know anything. I just... I do what the Lord wants. I try to do my best to just yield to God's guidance in, in a message. And trust me, he's trying to give. God wants to use men. I, it's, it fascinates me still. But he uses men in order to help us grow spiritually by using us to preach and teach and things. And, and the Holy Spirit's involved in that. But here we see ministers that were once put away, right? What the Bible tells us about these teachers Um Shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore? God had been sending teachers to his people. They just weren't listening. Amen? They removed them. I don't want to hear that. Pushed off into a corner somewhere. I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to hear what you... And if you look at the history of Israel, they, they, you know there were times where they didn't want... Jeremiah and they didn't want some of the preachers that were telling them about their sin and about the coming judgments and they wanted this group over here that would tell them peace and prosperity and everything's fine and everything's okay hello that's the world today people don't want to hear about sin and hell and judgment and tribulations and they, it's just not a popular topic it's not it's not everyone's favorite subject they want to hear the things that Make them feel good and relaxed and calm and everything's fine and everything's okay. But the reality is, is if we're not living for the Lord, everything's not fine. If you're rejecting God in your life, everything's not okay. Um, and so, 
What a beautiful thing to see that the teachers and preachers that they once would not listen to, now they're hearing that instruction and they're hearing that guidance. And how many people can agree with me on this? Uh, how many... How many words of wisdom did someone try to share me share with me along the way that I didn't listen to? That I thought I had it all figured out and I was going to do it the way I was going to do it. And then now looking back like, you know, I really should have listened to that instruction when you know, I really should have listened to my grandfather. I really should have listened to this preacher or what, you know, it's like some people are trying to give guidance to spare us from more difficulty <laughs> because, you know, we're older, we see things. How many times have you tried to share some words of wisdom with somebody and it's like, I know the path you're heading down because I've seen that and I've seen where it ends and I'm trying to help you. And it's like, no, 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 uh, I don't want to listen. And you only pray that God will be merciful to them when they get to the end of that path that they were warned about and that they do have an opportunity to come back and say, you know, I should have listened to you. And now that uh, I've seen where that goes, I don't want to go down that road anymore. I think I want to get on the right path again and go the right way. Amen. And that's certainly our prayer for anyone we know is heading the wrong direction. But look at this here. Uh, so this is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. So receiving guidance, receiving instruction from God. Uh, and now, look at this, and it, you know, this is a little, it, it seems like a graphic thing to say, but what the Word of God is capturing and what God is capturing in verse 22 is the fact that because they're listening to the guidance and instruction of God again, because they've turned back to the word of the Lord, it has brought to them such conviction that now his people are thrusting away their sin and their idol is something that's disgusting to them. Amen? There's some, ugh, just get it away from me. Just, ugh. Right? It's, and, and yes, that's when we repent and have revival in our lives and we turn back to the word of God, that's how we ought to feel about the things that we know we were rebelling on God with, right? We should want to thrust those things away. And so that's what he captures there in verse 22. Ye shall defile also the covering of thy graven images of silver and the ornament of thy molten images of gold. So now they're defiling the idols that they set up before God. And then he says, you'll cast them away as a menstrual cloth. Those shall say unto it, get thee hence. Just get, just get rid of it. Amen. It's not something you're going to keep around. So it's something that disgusts them. They want to get rid of it. They're pushing the idols out of their life. It's a sign of, of true um, repentance. And then I like where he goes from there. Look at what happens as a result. Then shall he give the rain of thy seed, that thou shalt sow the ground with thou, and, and bread of the increase of the earth, and it shall be fat and plenteous. So they went from the bread of affliction right or the bread of adversity to the bread of increase i'd rather have the bread of increase wouldn't you and so that's what uh that's what they have now because they've turned back to the lord now he's blessing them and he's blessing the seed that they're sowing and uh and he and he's and he's blessing them and so 
that's what we capture there in verse 23, verse 24 as well. Um, look at verse 25. And there shall be upon every high mountain and upon every high hill rivers and streams of water in the day of the great slaughter when the towers fall. Now, I've seen people that take that as a reference to 9-11. I don't know. I don't know about all that. I, I can't. I don't see that there. Uh, but what I do find something a little bit, I think, more captivating to me is where did Israel, when they took to the idol systems of idol worship of Egypt and all that, where did they set up their altars? Where did they set up uh, some of their graven images? Where did they do a lot of the worship to the false gods? The Bible tells us on every high hill. They went up into all the high hills. They went up into all the high places. And they set up these false altars. And they set up these places um, for in the mountains. And what did they do there? They, they, uh, they committed idolatry. They sacrificed to false gods. And now, the same place that they were in worshiping and giving reverence to a false god has become a place that God has turned around and blessed for their benefit because they've turned to him with their trust. I just think it just that fascinates me. So um, here's these high places, here's these high hills, these mountaintops, these areas that they had used and, and set apart for false worship. Now, all of a sudden, the true God has provided a source of water. You can say a source of blessing. God's provided light. God's provided healing. That's what we see here. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun. The light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people. Right? So the transgressions bound up and then he heals the wound. So he's, he's bound up their transgressions against him through idol worship. And now he it has healed the wound that their idol worship has caused. Of course, we know that's, that is something that happens through the tribulation period, at the end of the tribulation. Um, so those places that were uh, used for, for idol worship, God has now provided a blessing to them. Um, because they've taken down those idols. So uh, one way to look at that for us, one way we can apply that, those areas in our lives where we may have an idol or two, when we accept the word of the God, word, when we accept the guidance of God and the word of God, and we take those idols down, those places that he once couldn't bless because we put things in his way, now he can bless. Because we've gotten them out of his way. Amen. And so that's one thing that we see here. Um, so they have all that they need now because they've left their idols behind for revival and for the provision of God. And so that's what we capture. So now they've had revival, restoration, um, reconciliation, a return to their... Uh, a return to proper guidance, a return to uh, proper position with the Lord. Let me get a sip of water here. 
and then we'll I'll recap the last few verses here and we'll be done with the chapter. Then it tells us, Behold, the name of the Lord cometh from far, burning with his anger, and the burden thereof is heavy. His lips are full of indignation, and his tongue is a devouring fire. So we've seen a shift here, right? We've gone from the Lord's healing, the Lord's blessing, the return to the Lord's guidance. Uh, so now we see the Lord, um, he's, he's coming in glory. We see the uh, see him coming burning with anger. Uh, we see him as a devouring fire, just like we see in the book of Revelation. Israel's restored, but God's enemies then are dealt with. Amen. Same pattern we're seeing in this chapter. His breath is an overflowing stream; shall reach to the mist of the neck to sift who the nations. Um, so that, that's a reference to those that are gathered against Israel. He didn't say to sift his people there. He said to sift his nations. So what we're seeing in the chapter, his people have been restored and healed. Now he's dealing with those that wouldn't repent, the nations. With this uh, sieve of vanity, and there shall be a bridle in the jaws of the people, causing them to err. Uh, that's, uh, that's remarkable, but we find that other places in the Bible where because they didn't love the truth, because they rejected God, because they didn't want to follow the Lord, they were basically put in subjugation. They were pulled into the direction that those that they brought themselves into bondage under could pull them. Yep, Antichrist, what, you know, all that system, false teachers um, being given over to a strong delusion to believe a lie, well, that's like a bridle in their jaws. There's people today... They just get pulled in any direction that the, you know that somebody tells them to go. That's not of God, Amen. It's like they've got a bit in their mouth. And somebody's steering a horse. I I can name a lot of different movements out there that we can see that, but we don't have time for all that this evening. We'll finish up the chapter instead. Ye shall have a song as in the night when a holy sol solemnity is kept in gladness of heart as when one goeth with a pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord to the mighty one of Israel, and the Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard and shall show the indignation and shall show the light, sorry, the lighting down of his arm with the indignation of his anger and with the flame of a devouring fire with scattering and tempest and hailstorm. So for one group, it's singing. It's a holy situation uh, there's gladness of heart uh, so for for one group this is a good thing and for another it's a it's a it's his glorious voice is heard but then the other side of this is that there are some who are receiving the indignation of god's anger at the same time that's what's going to happen when when the lord jesus returns for those that belong to him it's a good thing for those that rejected him it's not for through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with a rod. That, I believe, is a reference to the Antichrist. Not that he's of Assyrian descent, but with that capital A in there and some other, other places in the Bible. Uh, we know that he's the ultimate enemy there that Jesus Christ comes and defeats there at the end. And in every place where the grounded staff shall pass, which the Lord shall lay upon him, 
It shall be with tabarets and harps, and in battles of shaking will he fight with it. The Lord's going to come and win the battle. Amen? The Lord Jesus Christ is going to have the final victory. And for Tophet is ordained of old, yea, for the king is prepared. He hath made it deep and large. The pile thereof is fire and much wood. And the breath of the Lord like a stream of brimstone doth kindle it. Nobody's going to put out the judgment fires of God when he comes back once and for all and takes care of the remaining parts of his great plan. Amen. And what comes after all this is we'll have the millennial reign of Christ. And the, those that are a part of the first resurrection. And Jesus says, blessed are those that are part of the first resurrection. And we'll share the millennial kingdom with Christ. And, and uh, what an amazing thing that will be. So that's, uh, that finishes up chapter 30. Hope that was a blessing. Just kind of put all that in there. Hope you got good notes. And uh, we're almost halfway through Isaiah. It's pretty amazing there. So let's go ahead and pray out. <clears throat> Father, we thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you for your message to us in your word. Lord, just a couple things that I'm thankful for in, in the message that you've given us is uh, the blessing that comes to us when, we, when we've been uh, off on the wrong path on something or, what, or whatever it may be. I think about many things I've gone the wrong way on in my life. And the blessing that you give us when we return to you and humble ourselves and receive your guidance and instruction in those areas and, and how you turn away a lot of the, sometimes all of the consequences of, of where we were at. Sometimes it's just your chastening of us, Lord, but, uh, but it's good. It's good to see that illustration in the scriptures tonight that you will bless those that turn from those idols, thrust them away. And say, Lord, I'm sorry that I, I did this. I'm sorry that I got into this. I know that this is in your way. And now I, I want it far from me, Lord. Um, we push that sin away from our lives, Lord. And then, and then once again, that is an area in our life that you can bless. And we're thankful for that this evening, Lord. We're thankful to have knowledge of your word. And we know that the day is coming where Israel will be completely restored and revived and uh, and those in Israel will receive Christ as their Messiah, and they will accept Him as their Savior. And uh, Lord, we know that uh, You're going to vindicate um, Your righteousness and holiness against all of those that have sought to defile You and Your people. And um, we know that um, vengeance belongs to You. And uh, God, in the meantime, we just desire to love those around us and to keep sharing the gospel, to keep shining that light into the world that people will continue to get saved. We're thankful to be in that time period of grace and mercy because uh, we can see what's coming after this dispensation is over, Lord, and so we have a great responsibility. Please strengthen us, help us, give us opportunities, open doors for us to be faithful witnesses for you. You're good to us, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for encouraging us in your word and strengthening us and, uh, and guiding us, Lord. We need you. We love you. We thank you. I ask that you bless everyone as we leave here tonight. Keep everyone safe. Uh, heal everyone up that's been down and sick and everything. Remember all these prayer requests that have been lifted up to you this evening. 
Uh, God, we know you'll touch each and every need. And Lord, help us get back here this upcoming Lord's Day for a wonderful day in your house as we celebrate the bringing in of another new year that you've given us, Lord. And we thank you for that. Uh, we thank you for your many blessings, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.